Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motor Up Sports. I'm your host, Kenny Eaton, and happy Monday, guys. Just what an awful weekend for Lions football. Like, that couldn't have gone any worse. Pistons were horrible on Friday night. Just, just a bad weekend of sports in the state of Michigan. Not even, not just the Lions could have just had the, the seventh spot and controlled their own destiny the rest of the way, but they also had a Rams win and a Green Bay win. What an awful, awful, awful weekend. And let me get right into it with the parent Panthers game. I mean, it was just straight out of the bat. I mean, they were just horrible. They were outcoached, they were outhearted, and they were outplayed. This felt like a game even worse than any of the ones we saw in the beginning of the season. Like, that could have been the worst game they've played all year. It happens. I kind of knew they were due for one of these type of games. They're not that talented of a team. Like, I wasn't going to expect them to just go out there and just dominate the entire game. I thought if JMO played, maybe they would have had a, a better game. But it did, wouldn't have made a difference anyways because at the end of the day, you cannot let up 300 rushing yards to a team that can't run the ball. I mean, you just sat there and let Truba Hubbard and Devontae Foreman tear you in the pieces. If this was like with Damian Thompson in his prime and he shredded you like that, in a playoff race, I'd sit here today and be like, okay, well, whatever. You know, you just got torn up to one of the best running backs in the league. But, I mean, you got torn up to a fourth-round rookie who, okay, I think the guy's a really good running back, and I thought he was going to be really good coming out of college. But not a guy who should shred you for that much and just break holes every time. And it wasn't like these running backs were even doing much either. That old line was creating the biggest gaps I've ever seen. I could have stood back there and ran 100 yards in that game. I'm dead serious. That's how big those holes were. You got to give it to Carolina. They came out there, they drew up a great game plan and completely obliterated the Lions from kickoff to finish. Pretty much all game obliterated them. It just blows my mind that a team led by Sam Darnold, an interim head coach, an interim OC, and two average running backs. I'm going to call them average. For them to come out there and just do that to you is just beyond me. Look, this isn't the same old Lions. I'm sick of you guys flip-flopping every single week. This team will be fine. I, I, I'm not really too worried about it. I think that they were due for one of these games. You're talking about a group like the Lions with very little talent everywhere. I mean, name anybody that's a superstar in this roster. And don't tell me Amara St. Brown's a superstar because he's not. You have some stars on your O-line. St. Brown's a star. Hutchinson's going to be a star, but defensively, I mean, you had a bunch of guys just balling out. And they weren't even that good at football players. And you just saw that on Sunday. It happens. Look, look what happened with the Rams. I'm not saying we're the Rams of last year, but look what the Rams did to us last year. They got obliterated to us, and then they won the Super Bowl. Teams have weeks like that. You got to go 2-0. And you got to hope for a lot of things to fall into place the rest of the way. And I'm starting to get this Green Bay feeling in me. Like, they're going to flex that game to Sunday night football. And the, they're going to make that game the last game of the season for the last playoff spot. I'm telling you right now, it's going to play out like that. We just saw Mike White's coming back this weekend. So that, that helps the Lions' chances out because they play the Seahawks. But I don't know. I don't think the Browns have it in them to beat, to beat Washington. And then, I mean, you, you got to hope the Giants lose, but they're not going to go 0-2. 
a lot needs to fall into place. You have to come in there in this week and just dominate from start to finish. I don't see Campbell come getting them out that flat again another week. That's on Campbell. That's on the players. That's on every single person on that roster and coaching staff. Because the players came in there unprepared and played like shit. And the coaches came in there unprepared and they tried to adjust, but the adjustments weren't much. I think the, I think this team will, once again, they're going to be very close to the playoffs. I said it early in the season, they'd go 9-8. and eight. I'm still sticking with that prediction. I They're either going 8 or 9. They're, they're going to split the last two. But when you guys were saying they were going to go 6-0 and on the six-game season, I thought you guys were crazy. Then they got to 3-0, and and then they had this Carolina game where I knew it was over. Somebody, I don't even know who, like said MGM had 85% of the bets on Detroit minus 2.5, and, and then the line moved the morning off to 1.5 and, and then closed at uh, 2 to Detroit. It makes zero sense to me why the line was moving so far into the line's direction. And I had a weird feeling going into kickoff that they were going to lose that game. I said all morning they were going to win. Then when that money came out, I knew they were going to lose. This week's a more fair spread. Five and a half points at home against the Bears. That's a tough one. But I, I think that this Green Bay feeling is just going right inside of me. And I'm just getting ready for heartbreak. Because it's Green Bay, and who would the NFL rather have in the playoffs? It's not that it's the same old Lions. It's the same old NFL that's going to take Green Bay over Detroit. Because it's just what happens. The Lions will go into that Green Bay game controlling their own destiny. Just watch. But what it's going to come down to, it's going to be the refs versus the city of Detroit. I'm telling you right now, it's what's going to happen. It always happens when you play Green Bay there. Especially with the last game on the season. We've seen it happen too many times. I'm ready for a refs versus Detroit game on Sunday night football in the last week of the season. But moving back to this Panthers game, that game really showed me they truly need a running back. And I'm sick of Swift. I, I've always been sick of Swift. I've been sick of him since he's pretty much came off his injury for his 90th injury. Doesn't even look that good now either. Like you're running side to side. He never runs up the field. He needs to either go up the field or just take the loss because I'm sick of him going back and forth and getting one yard. He's not a good running back. Swift is just not a good running back. And Jamal Williams, he's a running back two, low-end running back one. Same goes for Swift. Both of them are not going to be starting running backs next year. you got to address that somehow you got to get a real running back in there next year. And I'm not saying go out there and sign Josh Jacobs because that would be stupid. Go out there and draft a running back. Resign Jamal Williams. He's a culture dude. I, I like guys who build cultures, especially in a rebuild. So keep Jamal around. But I'm, I'm done with Swift, and I'm officially done with it. I've said it for the last couple of weeks. But after this last week, there's no run game. I mean, the amount of times I've seen Jamal Williams get stuffed at the one-yard line is unbelievable to me. And I just, I don't know what you do in terms of running back. I like B. John Robinson. Are, are they going to have the balls? And are they going to be bold enough to spend their first round pick on a running back? I, I don't know. But I think that, I think we're in a position right now where you got to finish the season really strong. If you can get into the playoffs, you could make some noise. I don't think they can take a playoff game. 
I said the only way they take a playoff game is if they win out. Yeah, winning, you know, eight out of your last ten would be phenomenal, and that would be a great way to cap off your season and get into the playoffs like that. But it's hard for me to believe in a team that is going to have to go up against the Niners in the first round. They're going to play the Niners. They're going to play the Eagles. They're going to play the Niners. They have no shot against either of them. No shot. If they got Minnesota, I'd be like, okay, bring them on. Let's beat Minnesota. Let's send them packing and then deal with the Niners or the Eagles. But our defense is so bad all over the place that if Jalen Hurts plays again, what do you have, 38 the first time? Probably gets around that again. And yeah, we almost beat the Eagles, but the Eagles were not this good. And the Eagles look good with Gardner Minshew this week. So, for all that goes, the Eagles are are probably the second best team out of the NFC. I think the I think the Niners are the best team out of the NFC. It's the Niners' league to lose. They are so good. Doesn't matter who's that quarterback. That system works. You got Debo. You got CMC. You have two studs that you can do whatever you want with them on offense. They can play receiver. They can play running back. You can even put them out of the fullback position and they'll make something happen. The Lions cannot stop the Niners. Even with Brock Purdy, they wouldn't be able to. And Brock Purdy looks like a serviceable NFL quarterback. And we all know what's going to happen with the Eagles. I mean, outside, I'm a little scared about this Bears game anyways this week. I mean, talking about scrambling quarterbacks, I'm scared of scrambling quarterbacks because We've had a tough time outside that one Bears game this year of maintaining scrambling quarterbacks. So you let up 38 to Jalen Hurts. You let up 48 to Geno Smith. You let up to 24 to Dak Prescott. Ah, two of those are really scrambles, so I'm not going to count that one. Bills, you let up 28 played a great game. And then the Panthers are making Sam Darnold more of like an option quarterback in that game. So, I mean, they just let up over 30 this week against the Panthers. Maintaining scrambling quarterbacks has been the toughest part of the season for the Lions. And Justin Fields looks better and better every week. This game does scare me a bit. I still think the Lions are at home. You have probably the biggest crowd they've had in Ford Field history coming in. It's going to be electric, and I think they'll win. They'll probably cover their five and a half points, but it's not going to be as easy as I think all of us are thinking because they just made that Panthers game look so hard. And the Panthers aren't a whole lot better than the Bears. I make the argument that we match up better against the Panthers than we do against the Bears. Um, The last point I want to get to of, of the Lions, and I'm going to move into some Pistons for a bit, is DJ Chark. I, I'm ready to say it. I don't want to long-term the guy. He's an older vet. But you have one franchise tag. That's the guy you franchise this offseason. You franchise DJ Chark, you run it back with this receiving core this offseason. If you do that, I think you're in really good shape to make the playoffs next year. If we don't this year, I I, I don't even want I don't even want to talk about next year. I don't really want to talk about the draft much today because I mean we're in full playoff mode right now. There's no reason to talk about next season. We have two of the biggest games in the in the 2020s of the Lions so far. I mean, they haven't played a big game in December, and they got one more at least one more meaningful game. The rest of the way, and I mean, this is refreshing and nice. I and I I don't know if Campbell. I don't. I'm not going to blame Campbell for that. I'm going to blame everybody collectively for that last loss. 
I'm not going to finger point this one at anybody. That was that was a team loss, and they looked horrible. They got fortunate with other losses this week. Not so fortunate with the Rams pit. But same situation. You got to go two and zero. You got to hope Seattle and Washington go one and one. Washington won't go. Washington will win week eighteen. That's what scares me, because the Cowboys are already locked in at their five spot. Why would they play anybody? They're just going to arrest everybody. They're going to throw in a bunch of scrubs. Washington's playing for a playoff spot. So unless Dallas wants to play everybody out of spite because they hate Washington, then they're just going to arrest everybody, and you're going to have a a full-strength Washington team against a second-strength, second-team Dallas team. They're going to win that week. So you got to hope for losses this week. If that doesn't happen, I don't feel comfortable scoreboard watching next week. You got to hope Washington, they both lose this week. But moving into some Pistons talk, I mean, they've been driving me insane. Um, They're very selfish. Who mentioned it a lot in his podcast? Nobody on this team plays basketball the right way. Every single player tries to do something for themselves. It, it, it's frustrating when, when you only have one guy. I, I'll say two. He said Killian was the only guy. I think you have two guys on this roster that are trying to play basketball the right way on both ends. And that's Duran. That's Killian. That's it. Nobody wants to play basketball the right way on this team. You got Boyan isolating every single possession. That's not your strength. Ivy. Yeah, some of those buckets are sexy as shit, but he is never looking to pass that ball. Never. He is always looking to go at the basket. You watch a little bit of Burks. Burks always wants to score. Everybody wants to score first, and then they don't play defense on the other end. Nobody's playing good basketball in Pistons right now but Killian Hayes. He's had a few good games in the last couple games. He's heating up again, but the progression of these guys are getting stalled with horrible coaching and horrible rotation. You guys all bitch about the rotations. Look at the progression. Of this team. Sadiq. Worse than he was rookie season. Killian's coming around. We're, we're deep enough in the season. For me to say Ivy. Is no better than he was opening night. And Duran Had Duran be getting these minutes opening night. He'd have the same numbers right now. They're playing. All of them are playing dumb basketball right now. None of them want to pass. None of them want to play defense. None of them look to make the right play ever. It is very upsetting right now. We've had no progression in this roster. I'm done with Casey. There's a few guys I'd take a hard look at. Nobody in this market I'm truly in love with. And we'll see who gets fired. I mean, let, let's think here. Who, who, was, who will realistically get fired this offseason if their seasons continue to go the way they are going? Rick Carlisle? But that's not really his fault. That's a roster problem. There's just nobody. I mean, Billy Donovan, but is he really much of an upgrade over Dwayne Casey? No, because Billy Donovan's number one, I think. So Billy Donovan, you you can scratch off that list. Chicago, he's going to get fired, but I have no interest in him. I mean, the market's really dry. The guys that are on there that I actually don't mind a lot is Terry Stotts. He's a vet in this league. It, it just hurts for me to say Terry Stotts. Because he's really done nothing his entire time in Portland. And he had Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. 
But then again, you got to get through the Warriors. Could you really blame him for having to get through the Warriors? Not really. Terry Stotts is an option. Jawan Howard, that's an interesting one, in my opinion, I would take a look at. Um, he's always felt like an NBA coach to me. He was a longtime NBA assistant, well-respected around the league. I, I think that you have guys that he's really well-respected. LeBron loves him. Dwayne Wade loves him. Haslam loves him. So the Miami dudes all love them, and the Miami dudes have good clout around the league where I think that if Jawan were to hop into the Pistons locker room right now, he'd be a success. I take a look at Jawan Howard, but I don't see him ever leaving Michigan until his both his children graduate. Kenny Atkinson's the last guy I would take a look at. The problem I'm getting at here is Dwayne Casey's a Mac coach, and Terry Stotts, Kenny Atkinson, Jawan Howard, and Billy Donovan are all Mac coaches. You guys can sit here and say, Jay Wright, Jay Wright, Jay Wright. No. I don't want anybody from the college rankings taking over the Pistons right now. There are very few coaches from the college rankings that pan out when they go pro, and it's just like a very small list. The only guy we take a look at from that level is Jawan Howard just because he has that NBA coaching experience. John Beeline, probably one of the best college basketball coaches of our lives. I'd put him in the top 15 in the last 20 years. I think that's a crazy take to make. I mean, he flipped that Michigan program around like that. And that Michigan program was dead for 15 years. And he turned him into a national contender. And now we see how bad Michigan is without him. John Beeline goes to the NBA. Well-respected guy around the nation, around the game of basketball, really well-respected guy in sports. Goes to the NBA, fired in 50 games. Where I'm getting at here is there's nobody, it's just, it's it's like throwing something at, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard and you're just hoping it goes right down the middle. It's not going to work. If you go college. If anything, that's going to hurt everybody else's development even more. So you got, I, I at least want to stick in the NBA rankings, NBA assistant coach rankings. I would preferably this offseason want a guy who's been in the league, has been a head coach, has a proven guy, has a good track record. But the problem right now is there's nobody that's provenly good on the market or just sitting there waiting for a job. Like in the NFL, your guy Sean Payton, for example. He's just sitting there waiting for the opening. But I, I would put money that Troy Weaver fires him this offseason. This was never his hire. This was never his guy. This has always felt to me like done when we start to win. And I don't even think we're ready to win yet, but I think we're ready to have a coaching change because this is going nowhere and you're just killing years of progression right now. We'll see where the Pistons are at. I want to conclude this episode now. Thanks guys for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday with Grant. We're going to talk some Michigan football because we're heading into the college football playoff season. Michigan's a big one against TCU on New Year's Eve. So Wednesday and Friday, we're going to cover some Michigan football. Lions talk the rest of the week. Pistons talk the rest of the week. And I will see you guys Wednesday and Friday.